All right. Welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans. We bring you Michigan football each and every week. My name's Caleb, and with me as always is Craig, and we're getting here. It's the week of the bowl game, and we will jump into that conversation here shortly. Uh, but it is also in the middle of the holiday season. Uh, I had kind of a small tribute to the to the holidays and Christmas in our last episode, but uh, as things will be coming around, I think this will probably be our last episode until the new year. We're going to be doing some stuff with the bowl game the day of, but it's not really going to be a quote-unquote episode. So happy new year to you guys when that comes around. But Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So the holidays, Craig, um, how did things go for you? Any special stories from your fantastic uh, Christmas activities? No, man, I am so cookie cookied out, dude. Oh, yeah. Seriously, I'm just inundated with cookies. There's just, you know, people, you know, nice. You get If you get nice neighbors, you have good friends, a uh, good family and everybody, and they, you know, bring you tens and tens of full of cookies, and it's great. And then you're just going, I'm just eating cookies, like for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner. For snacking. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I'm just, you know, it was this year was just interesting just because the very fact is, you know, doing the show financially, a lot of things kind of happened to me this this year. And so we couldn't, you know, really get a lot of things that we really thought we wanted, which was good. You know, there's times where, you know, we just couldn't afford it. We just use that money towards other things. But uh, it was a low level Christmas. But uh um, my boys got these little drones and they're flying them all over my house. Oh yeah. And they're attacking and they sound like, like bees. Yeah. <laughs> so, swarm. Yeah. I think a swarm and they're going off all over the place and they're just, they're having fun. But you know, at times you start going, all right, it's time to put them away. <laughs> so. Enough is enough before you get the Nerf, Nerf gun out, right. And shoot them out there. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> boy, that would be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, we had we had a few Nerf guns pop up uh, this year with our kids. I mean, they're only like four and five. The the kids, uh, Matt, Madison and the cousins and everything, but so they were these really tiny ones. They didn't really play with them because they couldn't quite get the mechanics down very well. But um, but you brought up something interesting. Uh, actually, I'll get to that in a second. Hopefully, I won't forget. But kind of the inter- one of the interesting things on our side is that this year obviously with our son he's older to be able to appreciate more and he's getting more kids toy stuff because the first christmas that kid goes through it's a lot of uh the necessity stuff like if you haven't got it you'll get strollers you'll get uh high chairs you'll get bouncy seats and like all these things that are practical uh, I mean, they have their fun quality to it and everything, but when they're uh, at their second Christmas, you get a better idea of their personality and just different things that they're actually kind of into. And so the one thing that he always goes for is cars and trucks and things like that. And so now his room is just filled with little cars and trucks, and so it was fun to actually see him get that comprehension down. But the thing that I wanted to go back to that you mentioned, uh, I had a little bit of a conversation with this with somebody, and so hopefully I can explain this well enough for you and the listeners to kind of understand for me there are two different kinds of sugar cookies okay there's the big fluffy 
right airy light kind you know yep and then you get the other kind that's like the regular cookie dough kind of really flat and crispy kind of yeah crispy sometimes a little gooey maybe depending on how they bake them but there are those two kinds you have like the really big puffy one and that's the one you always put the icing on and then you get the other gooey or thin thin ones you know what i'm talking about yeah what do you prefer between those two kinds i know the fluffy ones you mean there's the one that you can actually buy in the store yeah they always have them in the store during the holidays those are good um boy i i kind of like the thin ones so yeah i do too that's my preference uh my wife's family uh does the whole cookies and decorating and doing the icing and everything we never really did that in my family but I don't really like those kinds of cookies anyways. I mean, I don't hate them. I'll have maybe two of those each holiday season. Right. But they're not my favorite because they, I, I don't know, I just feel like they're too dry. They almost remind me of a, a biscuit, you know, that, that flaky <laughs> right. kind right. of a thing. And so the, the other ones, what made me think of the other ones, because you don't really usually find those other ones, the thin ones, very often. They're not as popular. But no. with um, all the all the holiday stuff coming up and everything, we had a bunch of volunteers come in at my work, and sometimes, especially closer to Christmas, they would bring snacks and things like that. And somebody brought in those cookies, and they were amazing. There used to be a bakery, actually, not too far yeah. from my work, like a decade ago, I think it closed. But I swear, it was like they, the person, whoever used to work at that bakery, made those cookies because they were they were awesome. It was almost like going back to my childhood with those cookies. So Yeah. So let's say, you know, Everybody got together and they brought you one tin. What would be that cookie that you'd want them to bring for you for the holidays for Christmas? That one that you could eat all the time and never get sick of. Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. A lot of people, yeah, it's a tough one. People can't. I I have mine. There was this my grandmother who never did a whole lot with cooking, but would bake quite a bit. She made really good cinnamon bread, but she would also make these cookies that were oatmeal chocolate chip but they weren't it was a weird uh, it was a different kind of consistency i've never really seen another um Mm -hmm. anybody else really make them like this but they were good enough that they were sweet enough that they were good they were treat but they weren't so sweet that you'd feel sick eating them so you could kind of eat a good amount of those (laughs) I, i would almost kind of go with that you know, it's kind of a little weird abstract, so it's yeah. oatmeal oatmeal chocolate chip. Right. But there you know, there's cookies that you you'll say, Man, these are amazing, but you can only I'm kinda of talking about the ones that you can actually eat maybe one or two and then you're done because you're like, These are amazing, but that's all I can handle. Yeah. I'm talking about the ones you actually can keep eating and you're like, I'm not you're not sick of them. Mine is like you said, going back to my childhood, my mom used to make these no bakes. Oh yeah, and for some apparent reason, I could probably eat fifteen to twenty of them and not get sick of them. That's how much I love them. So now now you're saying that was childhood. So yeah, have you eaten that many in recent years? (laughs) Yeah, man. Okay, I just got some. My wife makes really awesome uh, no bakes, and when she does, I mean they're gone within the the night. Half of them are gone. She'll go. I'm gonna have to make another batch or something. I'm like, yeah, I, I love them. So, yeah. yeah, those are my favorites. But 
Nice. Well, that's that's just one of the many different things that you could have during the holidays. So, not to get too carried away with the holiday talk, though, but we uh, we do hope you all had a Merry Christmas uh, or a Happy Holidays, whatever you do celebrate, and that you guys were able to drive safe and that uh, Santa maybe brought you want what you wanted and that there was a Merry Commitmas, some different commits and everything like that. But uh, we will go ahead and move things right along and we'll get into the uh, football talk here for Michigan's bowl game. So don't go anywhere. All right. Well, something to mention, um, it's been discussed and it's, I guess you would say that it still isn't 100%, but it's really close. There's going to be some confirmation going on tomorrow. But we talked about the uh, watch party for the Orange Bowl game this coming Friday night, the 30th. Uh, we are we're planning to go to Ann Arbor. Uh, some of the Blue Network is going to go to Ann Arbor. And our tentative location, and it should be confirmed tomorrow. It should actually be confirmed the day that this episode comes out. So um, we're looking at going at to Scorekeepers in Ann Arbor. That's 310 Maynard Street in mm-hmm. Ann Arbor. Games at 8. We'll be there a little bit early. I'm not sure how early yet. But just got to double-check some things there. I've been calling and trying to talk with some people. So... That when that is settled and figured out for sure, because we do have a backup location, whenever the that is finalized, it will be put on the Facebook group. We'll probably tweet it out as well. But if you want to stay on top of it, and if you're interested and you want to check it out, it's going to be us. I mean, there's going to be plenty of other Michigan people there too, especially because it's in Ann Arbor. Oh yeah. But those are the plans as of sorry as of now. We've been talking about it and. We just kind of want to keep you guys up to date on that. So that's some recent news on that. And like I said, tomorrow, Tuesday, we will have more information on the 27th. So, Yeah, you're right. It's good for the show. It's good for the network that we represent. And it's good to get um, people that are going to be there, you know, huge Michigan fans who, who even they are going to be people maybe they want to be even talk on the show if they want and talk, you know, tell us about what do they think about the game and stuff and should be so much fun, Caleb. I mean, this is uh, going to be a good, good game. It's going to be fun to watch. And man, we're, we were, you and I are really looking forward to this. So this is something new for us and man, we're really excited. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was, um, it was different because, uh, when we did the one recording with uh, fans at the Hawaii game and everything, we had only two headsets, and now we actually have a third. So when we had the two headsets, it was one of us on with a uh, one guest person. But now that we have three, the both of us will be able on and we'll be, be able to bring a guest on. What we're hoping to do is do live streaming directly through our sound soundboard and the computer. The least that we're going to do, we're going to try to do. Uh, we're going to do Facebook Live if we can't do live streaming from there. But we'll do some pregame recording, and quite possibly, depending on just timing and everything, some postgame stuff. So that uh, there'll be a lot of interaction, and everything. We hope if anybody's around in that area that you guys uh, kind of will check that out and everything. So yeah, stop by, come see us, and you know, and obviously, uh, if you're fans of the show, that'd be great. Come by and. Uh, 
say hi and we'd love that yeah and there will no uh wherever we go there will be no real reservations uh we're gonna secure a spot that we can set up our computers and stuff like that but there's not going to be like this area this place is going to be reserved for uh the people that come in for the blue network and everything it's just going to be uh basically you know sports bar setting and hanging out and watching the game which is actually really kind of interesting for me i mean i've kind of done that a little bit here and there but most of the time i watch i'm either at the game or i'm watching the game at somebody's house i'm not really at the sports bar scene a whole lot so i'm really actually kind of look forward to it yeah so. me either i'm a kind of a stay-at-home kind of guy watch it on tv and then you know and, and you and i talk about this afterwards or even during but uh yeah this is new for us so and man i know we did it uh live or we did somewhat of a show kind of live um at the uh, tailgating at the hawaii game but uh um, with michigan but um that was yeah, obviously the next day i think you put it out the next day but it was you know having people live and they enjoyed it man people walking by and they wanted to get on uh, the radio or the show and talk michigan football so yeah so uh if you can stop by uh that'll be awesome i mean if you want to you can reach out to us on facebook group which is the blue network everything michigan football or you can reach out to us on twitter and things like that so to get into the actual game talk uh real quickly before we do we realize that a lot of different things have been going on with michigan football outside of the bowl game but just because this is our preview episode for the bowl game we're going to save some topics that have kind of like currently been happening and different things that don't pertain to the bowl game because there'll be plenty of time to talk about it afterwards because uh, things will slow down quite a bit for a little while um, after the bowl game and everything like that. So this is bowl game episode. We're going to talk, um, talk a lot about the bowl game and get to the other topics later. So it is the orange bowl with number six, Michigan playing number 11, Florida state. So first off kind of uh Craig, what what are your thoughts? I mean, are are you kind of uh, excited about this, or what with the matchup? Yeah, I am excited about this because we're talking about two uh, teams that are absolutely different from each other, and I like that. Um, um, Michigan making its third appearance appearance in a Orange Bowl, so and I think you know, so the, you know they don't. Uh, play in too many orange bowls so that'll be really interesting but i just think the matchups are going to be very very interesting with these two programs florida state uh if you don't know just really one of the really best teams top 10 top eight whatever you want to say florida state in recruiting and they have great players uh they're very athletic um and uh, michigan is more of a uh, strong, you know, and we have a uh, big lineman and big defensive lineman and, uh, and Florida state's not used to that kind of stuff, but, uh, but they're very fast and quick and, you know, you know, you get them in, it's going to be a good game. And I can't wait to see these two totally different uh, styles of uh, teams going at each other. Yeah. It, it is quite interesting to kind of see how things might progress with this here. I, uh, one of the kind of interesting things, too, just with me going through the numbers, and we'll dive in more to this uh, here in a minute, but it just, and if anybody knows anything about Florida State football, you should know the name Dalvin Cook. And just doing a little bit of uh, math, 
he has uh, it's just interesting because you look at Michigan and it's really a a a team there's not one superstar that stands out i mean you've got peppers who stands out i mean being in the heisman talk and everything but there is production all around it doesn't just focus on peppers right if if somebody is not on their a game somebody else is able to step in if you look at florida state uh dalvin cook has uh accounted for 35.9 so almost 36 percent of the offensive yards during the regular season so it's just really kind of interesting to go and one of those matchups where one player is so much of the team's offense and just see what we can do against uh an opponent like that yeah and he's gonna be top um he's gonna go in the first round in the nfl draft i mean he's like the second best uh, running back in the country so as far as uh draft experts are saying as far as college uh uh, running backs are concerned so he is an issue but you know the thing is is what does Michigan do the best is Michigan does really good at stopping run back running backs so and we have I'll say Florida State at this moment has met some good defensive linemen in their in the in the line backing core as far as uh, stopping the run um, Mississippi State is one uh, Miami uh, hurricanes have good ones, but they're not even, uh, they have not met, uh, uh, Wormley and these kind of guys, uh, that size and that, uh, powerful and strong. The Florida state's going to have a lot of issues trying to block them. So. Yeah. It's, uh, when we get into the numbers and everything coming up here, there are some interesting things where uh, I've just, like you said, I feel like, uh, Florida state has not come across opponent like Michigan, and so it'll be interesting to see how we can disrupt them and uh, take control of the game. So, yeah, and you know, and those it, it, the two programs are not exactly uh, they don't know each other very well. They've only played each other three times, so and they've never met in a bowl game at all. So this isn't this is kind of new territory for both, and um, it'll be very interesting to see this, and I can't wait. To see the matchup and obviously the matchup between Jim Harbaugh and Jimbo Fisher is going to be really interesting. So, Yeah, for sure. Now, before to kind of get into the discussion and everything and some to kind of feed into this, sorry, if I, if you thought I was a little distracted there, I was, I was trying to, for some reason, my Google voice kicked me out and everything. We have a voicemail that has been from weeks. Um, yeah. And I tried playing, uh, we didn't, play it right away because it was the orange bowl and we were talking about other things we tried playing last time or we were going to at the end of the episode but then we had the technical issues with the internet and everything like that so i'm gonna play this uh it's uh from a uh, caller that we have often uh so it's stephen brown and i'll get this playing here and unfortunately i, I listened to the whole thing it sounds like he got caught off there uh, at the end, and he had more to say, but we'll we'll listen to what we've got and go from there. So let's get this rolling, and here we have to say. What's going on, fellas? Y'all know who this is once again. Uh, Stephen Brown, uh, Twitter handle. Man, it doesn't even matter. Listen, <laughs> Orange Bowl bid, it is what it is. Um, Florida State's going to have to suffer. I will say that. So uh, they, they, can, they can say goodbye to their running back, um, but we're going to do it in style. Blue style, you know, um, rushing for for a lower I used to running back, um, great ACC running back as well. But 
you know, hopefully I, the defense comes out, plays well. I will, let me just say this, too, because I think a lot of Michigan fans, <clears throat> excuse me, need to, um, need to realize something. See, I'm, I'm 35 going on 36, God willing. There were days and years when 10 wins was okay, you know, but a lot of these fans need to realize that progress, it, it, I guess it's differently defined with the individual. A 10 wins is nice, but I remember days when Michigan would have 10 wins in their first 10 games. You understand what I'm saying? I, I think a lot of these fans nowadays, they expect the worst. They, they, they hope for the best. That's why you see them worrying so much. And Michigan, eventually, I'll say a year or two, they'll get back to where 10 or 11 wins is the norm. But that's a disappointment. But I, the only reason I bring up Alabama so much is that I live in Alabama, for one. And two, I just noticed how their freshmen go to school. Like, their freshman class has the, the mindset and the expectation to play for at least two championships and win at least one. And let me repeat that. They have the expectation and the mindset to play for at least two championships and win at least one. And when Michigan starts to get those, to get, I'm sorry, those players, I'm telling you they're going to be better off. I don't want to just keep comparing Michigan to Alabama, but the standard is what it is. Ohio State, you know, the, the gap is closed. Anybody who says the, they're young now, I don't care if Barrett comes back, it doesn't matter. I'm tired of hearing Michigan fans say, well, we lose this, we lose that. When you look at who who they lose overall, come on, man. Like, a lot of those guys, like 85% of them are easily, and I say that with exclamation points, easily replaceable, easily. Safeties, cornerbacks, D-linemen, offensive linemen, but most notably on the right side of the offensive line, easily, easily replaceable. So Michigan fans need to calm down. I'm very passionate. I love Michigan. Never been to Michigan a day in my life. Never been to a game. I love the Wolverines. That's why I'm so passionate about it. And I want fans to be passionate, too. Stop thinking the worst. Stop walking into seasons expecting Michigan to lose. I was talking to somebody on Twitter not too long ago, and they're like, well, you know, Michigan will go 10-2 next year. They're going to lose to Penn State because – yeah, and that's where it cuts off there. So he kind of cut off there in the middle a couple times. So I'm anticipating. Well, that's too bad. I'm yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he was on a roll. I think maybe it yeah. was a service issue or something. Whoa. Yeah. And they were having some crackling. So, uh, but yeah, great uh, voicemail. Always appreciate his insight. I mean, he, Stephen, you're more than welcome. I know it'll be a long drive and everything, but you're always more than welcome to come yeah, to any watch party that we have. So. If you want, if you want to make that the first time you come to Michigan, the invitation's out there. Just saying. Well, yeah, and his, uh, he, he he touched on a, quite a few things, kind of, and you know, uh, I think he was trying to get a lot in, and he did. And we, you know, we, it's like if I want to address one part of it, we're we're gonna <laughs> send this conversation into one area, and then away from the bowl, and and then if we talk about the bowl, he brought up some good things about you know, recruiting and what kind of players Michigan needs. And so um, let's just stick to at this moment, maybe just stick to what we were talking about the bowl game and what I did mention. I think we did mention about Dalvin cook and stopping him. Uh, and he touched on that is he's absolutely right. I think our, our linemen can stop him and just put a hurt him. Now they do have a, a quarterback. That's a, a pretty good arm. He's not bad. He's not, he's, he's, he's new and he's kind of a, a newbie at Florida State, but um, 
he um, he's no Jameis Winston right now, but uh, he is mobile and he can get things done with his feet. And you know how Michigan at times has a hard time with that. But uh, I think we're going to be ready for this game. And um, it, it, they got players all they got playmakers on this team. This is this team's scary because the very fact is they have some of the best players in the country playing for Florida State. That's why they're very. Um, formidable, formidable opponent, and it's tough to play them. And they could score in boatloads, and that makes it scary to play them. But um, yeah, he's absolutely right. You stop, stop Dalvin Cook, and they become one-dimensional. So. Yeah, and we'll. Uh, I've got, like I said, numbers to go over, and we'll jump into that here in a second. But something that I wanted to talk about quickly that he said, and that's kind of why I asked you there at the beginning. Uh, why I asked you that there at the beginning, Craig, is like, how do you feel about this matchup where there are some of those people who are disappointed about this? And frankly, you know, I, I there are going to be some times where we might feel like we got robbed and everything. This isn't really one of those years just because there were games that needed to be won that didn't get won that would have gotten uh, Michigan into the talk of the uh, playoffs, but it didn't happen. So this is what it is. And Frankly, you know, it's one more game to watch Michigan football, and I'm pumped. And oh yeah, I think it's going to be great. And this is a great uh, people. There's that other discussion going on too about you know, how, do bowl games really matter? It's just you know, if you've got the right coach, if you got the right team, every single game matters. And that's what we have with Jim Harbaugh and these players that he's gotten. Where it's just like every game matters. This is this is a chance. The end of the season is where your team is supposed to come together and play its best. You've have You've had time to rest now for a little while after the regular season's been done, and this is when you're supposed to go out and be able to prove your abilities against out-of-conference opponents. And some teams I look at and I'm just like, oh, man, I don't even know how if they're going to show up and how well, well they're going to do. But with Jim right. Harbaugh and the coaching staff that he has and the players that he's getting, there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to go out there and this is a championship game to them. Yep. No, and you're right. And I think the thing is, is <clears throat> this game is going to be decided on the defensive. Uh, I think the defensive line. We're talking, or in a way, defensive ends. You, know, you got, um, we're talking 300 and something pounds of uh, Taco Charlton and Chris Wormley coming at you. And I don't think that someone else have seen that kind of power and strength and that big of a defensive ends in a long, long time. And I think that's where it all begins and i think that's where they're gonna i think do really well against florida state but like i said florida state likes to spread you out they like to use they're not a power run they're not a power team not like wisconsin or anybody like that they're a finesse team they they score in bunches and they're really good they're not a spread but they're um they have a lot of really really good players so yeah well i'll we'll go into the numbers here now uh to give you some Backstory on Florida State. They have three losses on the season, two of them actually at home, one on the road. Um, first loss was back in September to Louisville, a big loss, actually, 63-20, to 20, and we've seen how inconsistent Louisville can be. But Louisville was definitely showing more strength at the beginning of the season, so uh, take that for what it's worth. They also lost at home against North Carolina in October. That was a two-point loss. And then their third loss was at the end of October to number three Clemson, who is now in the playoffs. And that was a three point loss 
um, yeah. there as well. So they've had some close losses. Uh, there was obviously that one blowout. So, yeah. But I do have some things to, for comparisons here between the two teams. I mentioned that interesting stat about how Dalvin Cook has uh, about 36% of the offense productivity. Uh, points per game, Florida State comes in with uh, averaging 35.3, Michigan averaging 41 points per game. Uh, Florida State is more of a passing team than a rushing team, which is rather interesting considering they have Dalvin Cook. They have uh, 3,211 passing yards, and Michigan has 2,593. Actually, well, I should double-check on that real quick. Yep. And then... For the rushing game, Florida State has 2,479, and Michigan has 2,679. First downs, this is kind of how their productivity goes. Uh, Florida State has passed for more first downs, 138 over uh, rushing, which is 142. Uh, Michigan actually rushes for more with 138 first downs uh, rushing, and passing was 110. A uh, uh, key component that we look at a lot is third down conversion. Florida uh-huh. State comes in with uh, 45% completion for third downs, only allowing 33% for their opponents. Michigan right behind them, uh, completing 44%. So that number is uh, right, pretty close there. The big difference being on what they allow their opponents. So the defensive side, they've only allowed 20% completion. So that's a 13% sway there. Uh, if you go into the red zone, another look at the defensive here. Uh, Florida State is uh, 96% when they get into the red zone, but then they allow uh, 70% for their opponents, and the Michigan gets in to uh, the red zone and completes it on 90% of the time, allowing 68%. So those numbers there are pretty close. But to get into – sorry, this is kind of like a lot of uh, – stat and information um to get into the specific stats for the players uh deandre francois yeah i'm terrible with names but uh deandre francois 68 percent completion 3128 passing yards 18 touchdowns and six interceptions these numbers are actually going to be really close to will and spates because he has 62 percent completion Quite a few less yards because he's at uh, 2,375 yeah. yards, but he right. has 17 touchdowns and six interceptions. So, I mean, that is just a difference of one uh, passing touchdown there for them. Uh, yeah, not a lot of passing touchdowns with, you know, you over 3,000 yards passing, you know, I have 18 touchdowns. That's not the numbers shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a lot, a lot. I mean, even Spate didn't throw a lot of touchdown passes either. But uh, and I'm wondering if Dalvin Cook. I think he might have been hurt in a couple games, so they might have had him thrown quite a bit of uh, times in certain games because he was out. So yeah, to make up for that. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, he makes up for some of those touchdowns yeah. because yep. he's got uh, 18 touchdowns rushing and yeah. uh, 1,620 yards. Averaging six yards per carry. Uh, the other two uh, closest rushers on the team, you go from 1,620 yards. The next one is 348 yards. No, oh, okay. Yeah, so huge drop-off. So, I mean, very, I mean, he is the 
um, runner on that team. Anybody else out there, you're probably not going to have to worry about a whole lot. And then the third leading rusher on the team is the quarterback, but that's only 187 yards. Right. So huge drop off there. Uh, Cause then you look at Michigan. I mean, and we've talked about the slew of running backs that we have and uh, Smith uh, has gotten close to the thousand yards. Uh, he's at eight ten, averaging 4.9 with 10 touchdowns. Uh, but then Evans is averaging quite well at seven yards, 560 five yards uh and then higdon's right behind there too so i mean like we've got uh nothing crazy nothing flashy but our three uh top running backs have more yards almost over a hundred yards more than their second running back now yeah it's great to have that flashy running back that has all those yards and everything but if you can and that's the thing we'll talk about i'm sure more and that we just love is just like you have those different running backs. Each one has their own style. If you figure out how to shut down cook, that's going to make a whole heck of a lot of difference. So uh, quickly receptions. Uh, they've got receiver uh, top receivers and Rudolph. Uh, was it Rudolph? I think I may have had a misspelling there. Rudolph, uh, Andrew and seven yards, seven touchdowns. <laughs> that's their top receiver. Yeah. Guess who their second receiver, top receiver is for their team for receptions? Uh, Cook. Cook. Yeah, there you go. So <laughs> I, I told you, man. He, he gets the ball on the backfield pretty well, so he's not bad. Yeah, so that's four. That's 426 yards. And, you know, our corners are really good. Some of the best. Obviously, stribbling really good, but uh, you know, has a hard time tackling and stuff like that. But, yeah, we got Jordan Lewis, and it's going to be tough for them, man. You know, yeah. really, it's tough. They'll be really tough on, but, uh, you know, the guy, it, I'm not too concerned. I mean, obviously if we have breakdowns in the, um, linebacker position, as far as, uh, running the ball to the outside, man, we talked about all year, uh, Michigan having issues with that again. And, um, and trying to adjust to that, that, uh, I think Michigan state or a couple team or another team before that exposed that part. And I'm wondering if Florida state will look to, you know, use their uh, offensive line to block and, and get uh, Delvin Cook to go to the outside and, and find holes and seams to rush on us. So our linebacker core is going to be really ready for that. Yeah, it just shocks me at how many passing yards they have and how little yeah. their team has because they have they have so many more passing yards than we do, but our receivers have more impressive numbers than theirs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the only one that really shakes me up, Caleb, is is their Demarcus Walker. I mean, that that's the guy that's going to have a really hard time. He's the defensive end, and man, they're going to have a hard time stopping him. He's huge. He's a big guy, and he leads the team in tackles. and And we know what happens. You know, if we, you know, offensive line breaks down, we whiff on it on a block or something like that, and that's that has had that has happened to us. Um, happened to us in the Iowa game. It's happened to us in a few other games where Spate got nailed, and you know, and when he's forced in the pocket, and, Michigan, and Ohio State exposed that at times. Where our offense, I think this really, seriously, Cade, this is really going to come down to is our defense will be able to do a very good job against Florida State. Can Florida State's offense get past our defensive line, and then can our offense get? out of the way of themselves can they play decent enough get a few get some points to 
score and win this game. It's much, it's game could be much like the OSU game where our offense just got in the way, right? We, they just could not move the, the ball and in three and outs. And we just need to do a better job uh, with this game. So I hope we do well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talking there, you were talking uh, with the possible uh, way that they could shake up our team on their defense and everything. A couple of stats for that. Uh, tackles for loss, FSU has 79, and their opponents actually have more coming in with 80. And so that bodes well for Michigan because Michigan has 114 tackles for loss and only allowing the opponents 71 tackles for loss. As far yeah. as sacks go, FSU has more at 47. Uh, their opponents then have 34. Michigan isn't too far behind FSU having 44 sacks. But they have only allowed their opponents to have 18 sacks. Right. So that's, uh, I mean, that's. Like DeMarcus talking... Walker has 15 of those. Yeah. So, he has 64 tackles in himself. So he's a he's a beast, man. He's just going to be really tough. So. Yeah. No, it's. I think, and you were talking about earlier with our uh, secondary and everything, they're shut down and. They're always on top of their game. We saw how they've been able to uh, uh, eliminate the passing game for a lot of the teams that we face off against. I think that's going to happen here, even though, like I said, they've been heavy on their passing game. I really think that they're going to shut down, and it's really going to come down to the running game. So uh, Cook might have some success, but really I think um, the conditioning and everything more and how much is going to weigh on Cook, I think it's going to come down to the second half and being able to beat him physically and just wear him down. Um, yeah. I mean, not to get into an actual score prediction and everything here yet, but I think um, I think it might be close, but in the second half, if if it's the constant wear and tear and just, like, forcing them to try to run it, run it, run it, you know, even the toughest players that you have at the college level can only take so much. So, yeah, no, you're right. And, um, as far as Michigan is close to similar to Alabama, I mean, when it comes to, uh, you know, yards per game, you know, 200, what, 253 we have allowed. So it's not bad. I just think our offense needs to do more. I mean, it's, it's that's the key, you know, the spate, you know, I don't, it, my thing is, it, does he shit? It, it does his little, you know, arm issue come into play? And I'm, I'm guessing that he's going to be okay for the game, but uh, that's always an issue still. Does he have that full range of throwing that he does? Um, and will he, at times, like you said, get where we're talking about getting pressured? And then, it, you know, under that pressure, does he, you know, cave and throw? some bad interceptions or does he turn the ball over against, you know, and I keep going back to the Ohio state game. There are a couple of parts of that game. I'm like, man, if we would have just thrown away or even taken a sack or something, it would have helped us out. And we probably would have won that game. So those are the kind of things I'm saying, not dumb plays or penalties or things that gives in trouble. But, uh, you know, Caleb, this, this could come down to special teams. I mean, this could come down to, uh, the kicker and Allen. I mean, Allen's had a pretty darn good year. He shaked off some rust in the beginning of the year, and um, Michigan's actually had a really good year as far as special teams. So it could come down to that too. Yeah, I think uh, 
I think Spade's going to do all right. I mean, he's he's not been a turnover machine or anything. Actually, speaking of turnovers, Florida State has 18 coming into this game. Michigan only has 11. No, um, not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Um, Florida State has 11 fumbles by themselves. Yeah. So, uh, and then only seven interceptions. So, uh, it, if it comes, it could come down to the turnovers and everything. I mean, obviously, going back to Michigan's most recent game against Ohio State, that fumble on the uh, goal line. Yeah, really was a killer and everything. But yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Bringing that up, good. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Where it's just like you know, those kind of plays. I'm talking like drive killers. You know, those get the team. You know, get the team back in the game. Those kind of things. So, yeah, I think um, I think that uh, they'll do all right. I think they'll do well. I don't think turnovers are going to be too. Uh, too tough for the team and everything. I mean, if there are those weird fluky ones, because I'm trying to think throughout the year if there was anything. There was the uh, the only other really crazy bad turnover that I'm thinking of was against Colorado because it was the fumble recovery for a touchdown. Oh, yeah. If you can avoid those weird, terrible ones where they're momentum changers, like that where it turns into points for the other team immediately or if it's on the goal line you're about to score, things like that. Um, I think the team will do well. I mean, if you haven't seen, uh, people haven't heard and everything, a lot of talk going around about how the underclassmen have been stepping up and uh, doing a lot with getting prepared for the bowl game and everything. Um, I... I mean, I know there was a lot of talk around the Ohio State game before the Ohio State game happened. Well, actually, after because of the how things could turn down with the championship games and everything. But immediately after that, I just feel like it was back to business. Um, right. The players were back doing their thing, and uh, everybody was just focused on the Orange Bowl. I don't. I know that some fans feel differently with it too, but. And I can't say exactly what the players are saying, but it just it seems like it's one track. It's this is our game, and yeah. it's our championship. And we I think what I'm saying, thinking is, Caleb, are you saying that Michigan could play this game pissed off? Yeah, like, I, I think like so. almost to a point to where, and I'm going to throw this out of you. I want to see where you're going to go with this. Do you think Michigan's going to approach this game like? You know what? We should have been one of the top four, and not, you know that kind of game where they're just going to destroy Florida State to say to send a message: we should have been in the top four, and not uh, Washington or any of those teams. I think it's possible. Uh, yeah. I think some of them will definitely have that mindset. Um, I think it's more. Uh, I, and I don't and like. I said I'm not sitting here talking to players and everything. But you read what they say, and some of it's, of course, you know, kind of that scripted, you know, we're going to throw these general answers out there and everything. But just just the feeling that kind of comes away from it and everything is just like, you know, it's the last game. It doesn't matter if it is the playoff. If it's not, it's our last game, and it is essentially their championship game. And whether they feel that's fair or not, it's it's business. I do think that there are going to be some of those players – who have that feeling that you were saying where they're pissed off and they feel like they've gotten 
gypped and the team uh, is one of the best teams. And people have said that outside of Michigan. They think that Michigan is one of the four best teams in the country. Right. I have a feeling that they're definitely right up there and really close and that they could definitely play easily with three of the four playoff teams. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Uh, with every uh, with everybody knows with Alabama, it's just kind of tough to say until they actually play them. But um, they would definitely make it competitive, let's say that. Yeah. So, Do you have an X factor in this game? I mean... You know, I've been trying to think about that, and I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. It's because mm, I, I haven't really decided on one. Have you? Have you had any thoughts on that? No, I. This will be interesting. I'm just. I'm trying to kind of weigh on. It's. It's really tough, obviously, with Michigan and the running backs. They got so many slew of them. So I'm having a hard time figuring out who it is. I think. I really think that this time the X factor is going to be Spade. I think he's going to have a good game. I think he's going to shake off. I think he's very upset about the Ohio State game. I think he's going to come out and have a very clean, uh, less turnover game. And I think he's going to get it done and do really, really well. So I'm going to put Spade there at the X factor. You know, I was going to say, hey, you know what? Why don't you say the special teams or the defensive ends in this? But I'm going to put Spade. I'm going to put hit the forefront. I think he had a – he – in certain aspects, put Michigan in a tough position to win at Ohio State, and I think this is kind of his coming out and showing. Let's put it this way, Gilliam, and I'll I'll ask you what your thoughts are on this. Is maybe Spate saying, "I'm going to win this game and win it big to show that I deserve to be the starter next year." Yeah, that I mean that will kind of go into the talk and everything. I'm. I'm sure, I mean, there's still going to be the competition with that during the offseason. Right. But, yeah, that would be – it could be a, uh, a big win to go on his resume for that argument coming up um, in 2017. I I do think that uh, he'll be a big part of that and everything. I think we'll see some plays maybe kind of come out that you maybe haven't seen before or haven't seen a lot of. I mean, maybe nothing huge with trick plays, but just, I mean, this is – the last game of the season, you can put really kind of anything out there. I don't think they're going to get too crazy with it. Um, I honestly thought things may have been pulled out more with the Ohio State game. I don't anticipate really Peppers is going to do a ton on offense. I believe that he's going to be out there every once in a while. I know that there are people talking about, well, you know, is he going to play or not with the whole draft? and what? I think the players will play. That's how I'm thinking of it. So I think he'll be out there on offense, but not a ton. I don't think it's going to be more than we saw in the Ohio State game, and it was very limited in that even. So, Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, if anybody out there wants to tweet us or send us a voice message or even uh, email or IM it to us on who they think the X Factor in this game would be, that would be great to hear and why. And um and we'll read it and figure out what that is but uh you know i'm really interested you know what's kind of cool is there's about 12 players from florida already in that area so i thought that was pretty interesting so you know higdon and mcdoom is from there and uh, i mean they're in the florida area but uh you know corn he's uh obviously some from fort lauderdale so it's kind of interesting that we'd have about 12 players from the florida uh the state of florida so Oh, yeah. Yeah, it will be kind of interesting to see. And, of course, then Florida State just basically has a roll roll out of bed and walk right on over to the game. Yeah. So, 
But, uh, man, what was that? I had... Um, yeah, I don't really know an X Factor. We'll probably put something out there on Twitter um, and talk to people and see what their thoughts are and everything leading up to the game. So uh, we do... Trying to look at our time to make sure that we don't go crazy over and everything. Um, uh, best things going for Florida State and best things going for Michigan. Uh, let's go with that. Um, Craig, why don't you uh, kind of give a couple key factors for Florida State and then a couple key factors for Michigan? Um, key factors um, for Florida, if they can establish the good blocking, uh, good offensive line, and get Dalvin Cook to be that uh, center or that lead uh, rusher that he is, that uh, – first round running back that he's going to go and be um, that uh, and that obviously was free up the um, for um, DeAndre Francois to throw the ball um, I think that's where their key is going to be as far as the running game and if they can establish a run to the outside or uh, against Michigan I think they're going to have a good job um, now with Michigan, their key players, I, th I, th I still think it's at the linebacker position. I think it's going to be at the f defensive ends, stopping Dalvin Cook. So, it's I think it's going to be down to offense versus defense, really. Yeah, Michigan's definitely got that. Uh... And if, yeah, Michigan, and if we can do enough on the offense to just handle the game, at least we'll win. Yeah, uh, Keith, I'll say a key factor for Florida State. I mean that. For them to win, they have to manage the turnovers. Like, they cannot because they've, I mean, like I was just showing you, they've got a high number of turnovers, a high number of fumbles. So if they are uh, control the turnovers and everything, they're probably in this game and, you know, keeping it competitive and keeping it close. If they let that get away from them. They could see uh, this game slip, of the, slip away from them real fast. Uh, for Michigan – Something uh, to definitely be mindful of is just being able to have that productivity with the running game to be able to balance the uh, the offense. Because if this becomes one-dimensional, it's going to be really tough yeah. um, for them because Florida State is a credible opponent. So uh, just for the rushing game uh, to be able to be productive, I don't know what running back I would say really to watch for. I mean, I know – a lot of eyes will be on Smith because he's just always kind of been the workhorse and he always uh, usually contributes every game to a high amount. So um, outside of that, Higdon's always fun to watch, so we'll just kind of see what goes with that. But we do want to get into final score predictions, so let me hit the music. We haven't had this on for a while, so... Okay, so we will do score predictions here, and Craig, I will go ahead and let you go first. All right, based on Michigan, their defense, um, defensive ends, I think they'll prevail, and our line will hold Davin Cook to enough to doing well, and I think uh, Michigan wins 34 to 24. Okay, all right. Uh, something that I totally forgot to mention. Let me find it here. Where are you? I forgot to do point spread. Uh, Michigan is favored by seven points. In this game. Okay. So, uh, with that being said, uh, my score prediction, I think that 
kind of like you were saying, um, I don't really know if this will be the mindset, but Mich Michigan's going to come out. This is this is their game. The last, I think the team's going to have the right mentality. This is the last game of the season. Uh, it's their championship game, and they're going to go out and win it for the seniors. I think that it'll be a close contest in the first half, and I think uh, Spate will have a good game, a strong game, minimize the turnovers, and that they'll be able to take down Florida State with the final score being 41 to 24. Yeah, I agree. So a nice win there and hopefully send off the seniors with the win and then uh, players can move on to uh, the draft and graduation and things like that. So we'll check it out and uh, be able to check out the game and see how it actually turns out on Friday. I'm, I'm excited about it. It's been, uh, it feels like, honestly, it feels like forever since Michigan's played. So yeah, I know way too long, man. I'm, I'm just looking forward to one more game. One more. Yeah. Well you have it where it's like Michigan weekend week out. And then you have the yeah. wait cause it was, uh, the end of November and here we are now it's the end of December. So it's been a month, but man, so yeah, good good stuff and everything so uh there are the predictions uh we already kind of touched on some of the other bowl games and everything so we're not going to really talk about that as we might normally would with some of the big 10 games but uh we will go ahead and transition here then and go into closing thoughts All right. So like we mentioned, watch party is scheduled and will be confirmed tomorrow on Tuesday. Uh, should be in Ann Arbor at Scorekeepers. And we will put that information out there when it is confirmed and hope to see you all there. Uh, the only thing that would bar it from happening, and I will kind of put this in there as a, as a side note, is if there is an ice storm, I've looked at the weather. It shouldn't be happening. Uh, looks pretty good. I mean, it might be rainy and sleety and stupid stuff like that. But if there's an ice storm, I have like over an hour and a half drive. So I don't know if I would risk it and something like that. But uh, so hopefully weather permitting, everything will go okay with that. Yep. So, but uh, we will announce it tomorrow and let everybody know. Keep you in the loop. Hopefully you guys can make it. Check out the Facebook group. That's where everything happens and you can stay on top of everything. Uh, the Blue Network, everything Michigan football on Facebook. Um, you can get in there. A lot of great conversations. And then uh, you can find us. Uh, our website is bluebrothersportscast.com. And we have our Twitter handles at bluebros underscore and our names, Caleb and Craig. And, yeah, great conversations, great time. Season's coming mm -hmm. to the end, which really sucks, but it's a fun time. And uh, if anybody's actually going to the game, hey, have fun. That's, uh, that'd be awesome. First of all, I mean, it's always awesome to see Michigan football in person, but then you're going to be in Florida, so it's going to be a lot <laughs> nicer. Better. Yeah. yeah. Even though today I was out there without a jacket and it was pretty warm, but yeah, for Michigan at least. So not too bad. But, uh, but yeah, so we will be having stuff going on game day. Some Facebook Live, maybe some live streaming of the show. So be aware for that. If there is anything, we'll post it on the Facebook group, and we'll probably tweet it out and everything, and we'll let you know where you can find the link. But we're trying to set that up. Should be fun. Should be interesting. 
So, uh, Craig, anything else to add before we uh, sign off here? No, just um, enjoy the game and, and enjoy the year that we had. And next year's going to be great. We got a lot of things coming up afterwards. I mean, you know, obviously, we got um, <clears throat> February 1st is uh, National Signing Day. So, we got a lot of things in the fire coming up this month of uh, 2017. So, enjoy it. Yeah. Lots going on. Lots of good things. We're, uh, everybody, Michigan football is already ahead of schedule from what everybody thought. So uh, with that, uh, you know, I mean, hopefully you guys are all having a happy holiday and that you also all have a happy new year. And with that, we will go ahead and finish with Go Blue. Go Blue.